Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a bauble of brilliance in artistic form. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, a little more from my walk around at the wonderful new hanging of pictures from the National Collection at the Manx Museum in Douglas, including some damaged ones, would you believe? A crash course in a great Manx Christmas tradition of bonkersness, which goes back 200 years or more. And a quirky poem and cautionary tale from the Manx Bard. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in the spotlight. You can rattle off the list, can't you? Visual, theatrical, musical, poetic, literary, film, mime, ceramics, all the others. Email spotlight at manxradio.com. Howard Kane at manxradio.com. I get them both. Kane with an E. Do get in contact, though. That's the most important thing. We'd love to hear from you. So... Christmas means, what, carols, Christmas trees, decorations, and on the Isle of Man, some wonderfully quirky traditions such as hunting the wren on Boxing Day, or perhaps the white boys. These street performers have a tradition going back 200 years or more, but over those years they've come and gone a bit as traditions change, and tastes change in recent times. Well, they were around a lot during my youth in the late 60s and 70s, then they appeared to vanish for a decade or two, but in the last few years, very much back on the streets, I'm glad to say. And they will be out and about this coming weekend. But what is it all about? Not the easiest question to answer, but we'll have a go, seeing as they're out on Saturday, courtesy of Peel White Boys hey. members Nicola Toombs and a certain Dr Jollop, who you might recognise from the Southern White Boys. <laughs> My legs are like two pipe shanks! I cause you all! Should we be all for others? After this squabble, our hands let's join in friendship. And together let us dine. <laughs> to a good meal, I would not object. Good drink and cheer. Now that sounds correct. Then here's success to all great boys of sound and gallant heart. In battlefield and banquet boys prepared to play a part. We handle velvet life and book like wise and sword and spear. Well, first of all, the white boys, they're named for the white costumes that they wore. I imagine back in uh, years ago, it was just pragmatic. They probably just had big white sheets that they could repurpose for their costumes. So they became known as the white boys because of the, the white costumes. We know that the very, the first written um, instance of the white boys is 200 years ago in 1832 in the newspapers it's written about. So we know it's been going for at least 200 years at at least on the island and it it comes from this sort of idea that around the foolish fortnight around Christmas time you would indulge in all of these fun activities like Christmas carol singing, hunt the wren, all of these sort of fun things that invariably involve going out, having a bit of fun, entertaining people, gathering in a little bit of money and uh, and the white boys is part of that tradition really. You're nodding your head, Phil. Is that the way you see it as well? Well, I, I tend not to see these things uh, at all. Um, uh, uh, Annie Kizik, um, um, my research department, does all, all my uh, thinking uh, on these topics. But uh, 
it it appears to be a, a kind of a a, a variant of va- various mummers plays that have been uh, performed all over the British Isles, um, but there's some interesting little glimpses in in our versions. So, for example, at one point, uh, the King of Egypt in in the version that has the King of Egypt says, "Oh no, we are all brothers. Why should we be all through others?" Well, all through others is a direct direct link uh, or lift from mm. uh, for the Kalia which is a Manx Gaelic term, and, and I, I don't think we've been able to find all through others anywhere else in, in any of the other white boys' plays that are performed uh, in England, Ireland, Scotland. Um, so it, it, it gives us a, a fair indication that the white boys has been around for quite a while, and it has been influenced by the Manx language. Because, again, that might be a, a thing that people would be thinking, well, OK, 200 years ago, what were they all doing spouting uh, English plays if most people spoke Manx um, uh, so uh, yeah it, it, interesting I mean it is it's fascinating stuff and uh, but but for me the history of the white boys is my I think great great grandfather uh, was the doctor me dad was the doctor uh, I was the king of Egypt in the play uh, at, uh, at that we did at uh, Arbury Primary School and uh, I now um Seem because I I I, I organise it. I, I get to pick the best part, so I'm I'm the doctor primarily um, when we do the white boys. So is is it? You mentioned there the sort of an English play. So is it a uniquely Manx tradition? Is it a, an English tradition filtered through the Isle of Man? Is it Celtic? Where, where do we know where the sort of the roots are? There's there's tradition of mummers plays all over the British Isles. So not just in not just in England, but you see it in, in Ireland. They have the tradition of the Wren boys, they call them, and they go around. Or if you just do a quick Google, you can sometimes see little YouTube videos that people have uploaded and some brilliant vintage ones there that have been done a while ago as well from all over the British Isles. And as is often the case, sometimes in the on the fringes, these things tend to survive a bit better than they do maybe in the more sort of urban areas. So... There's quite a good strong tradition in the West Country, for example, in uh, in Gloucester. They're still going in Ireland, and of course on the Isle of Man as well. So, is anyone going to be brave enough to to give us a, a precy of yeah, the story, of such as it is? So, the story is one where um, you know somebody comes in, makes a fun announcement, a few local uh, references come in, and then they welcome one of the saints. So we welcome in uh, St. Patrick. Who do you welcome in, Phil? Well, He's your first we, we, saint. We're, we're a bit uh, schizophrenic. <clears throat> We've got two uh, variants that we do, but St. Dennis and um, um, the King of Egypt went... Uh, uh, yeah, St. George uh, are, are the two in the versions that we use. Yeah, so we, we were a bit mischievous, really. We had uh, St. George play the, the villainous character and we introduced St. Mackled. So he's our... We, ha- we thought we'd have a good Manx hero, so we've got St. Mackled, who's the Manx hero that defeats St. George. So, But it's always some saints fighting amongst themselves and then they decide it's a terrible shame that a couple of them are dead and they call for a doctor and I'm sure Phil could tell yeah. us what the doctor does ask, ask what can the doctor cure what can the doctor cure Phil all sorts of diseases whatever you please it's all pains within all pains without the plague the palsy and the gout the covid morbus two complaint specific I've a never failing at a grand specific the itch the stitch and the molly grubs I can cure all these deeds all big-bellied maids and such like jades. Likewise, I'll pledge my life. I can cure a scolding wife. 
Let them be cursed or ever so stout. If the devil's in, I'll blow them out. So, Anything so else? pretty much everything, really. <laughs> Interestingly, our doctor doesn't cure a scolding wife. He cures a lonely wife. Oh, oh. right, yes, well. <laughs> so, but that's the, that's the great thing about it. You know, you take that core script and you make it your own. And we'd absolutely encourage any other groups that wanted to to come and have a go you know we'd help them we'd furnish them with swords and costumes and scripts and anything to inc- it'd be great to see another group of players you know you were saying before um howard you've never done a white I know, boys it, before. It's, it's on my list maybe a manx radio white boys yeah. that would be a yeah. manx one. Radio white yeah. boys. Is, is there a message would you say from from the actual performance is there a sort of message at the end of that people take away or is it just a piece of wonderful folk nonsense. There's, it's certainly folk nonsense. Um, a lot of people say, I didn't really quite understand what was going on there. And and we said, well, neither do we. Uh, but there is a sort of a message, and it's sort of a Christmas message, uh, because the doctor pulls from his pocket this bottle of Rixum, Raxum, Prixum, Praxum with Icocolori and brings people back to life. And it's kind of sort of ties in with the Christian message of of uh, you know, resurrection and, and, and things. Um, but maybe I'm, I'm reading far too much into it. We were very interested. Uh, my, as I say, my research department found yes, uh, yesterday or the day before uh, a, a, a variant of the play that's performed in Ulster and uh, very similar lines and there's talk you know the devil appears and little devil doubt and and uh, all these sort of questioners and things but ultimately uh you know they 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 all live again and uh, become friends and live happily ever after and get plenty of good beer and money it was probably primarily done by men and boys but we have got evidence that there were girls doing it as well we've got some photographs in the archives of girls in the troops so yeah i've still no idea what it's all about but i think i understand that that is rather the point the Peel White Boys are out this very weekend, Saturday, the 16th of December, 10 a.m. Kirkmichael outside Cannon Court, 11:30 a.m. Ramsey outside the courthouse, 2 p.m. Peel in Michael Street, and 5 p.m. Peel the Black Dog Pizza Oven. Sadly, the Southern White Boys, with Dr. Phil, Phil Gorn, of course, you might have recognised talking there, aren't out before Christmas this year, but they can be seen performing. On Old Christmas Eve, Ilvery, 4th of January, 7.30, at Arbury Parish Hall in Balabeg, along with all the great Manx performers like Kedj and Kudja, Annie Kizik and the Lockdown Lovelies. Sounds a great night. Don't miss it. How about a quick poem from the Bard, Boxy Class? And this week she has some words of wisdom and warning. This poem is called A Cautionary Tale, and it is a true story, honestly. I'll tell you all a story, give some advice to you about a little accident I had when cleaning through my kitchen, then the bathroom. So much work I had to do. I thought I'd bleach the toilet bowl because I'd run out of blue. I poured Domestos round the rim, then wiped some on the seat and left it there to do its work and leave things clean and neat. I had to run some errands, do some shopping, pay some bills, 
Then I slowly struggled homeward against the stormy wintry chills. The cold and damp affected me in ways I'm sure you'll guess. So by the time I reached my flat, I felt quite in distress. Hurriedly, I reached my door and fumbled with my key because, my friends, by this time, I was desperate for a pee. My poor bladder couldn't wait once I had left the street, so I clean forgot the germicide I'd left upon the seat. Down I sat in sweet relief, but only for a second, as the bleach began to burn my bum. On that I hadn't reckoned. So please remember, people, when you put that bleach down neat, to double-check you've washed it off before you use the seat. Oh, the day I bleached my bottom. What a potty thing to do. I really felt a silly ass when I sat down on that loo. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, you might already been to have had a look at the wonderful new gallery at the Manx Museum in Douglas, featuring some amazing artworks from the National Collection, some being seen in public for the first time in living memory. Well, I had a sneak preview just prior to its opening. We heard a bit last week. I went around with the curator of art and social history, Katie King. She showed me around the exhibition and explained how Max National Heritage were keen to both ensure the collection was kept in good condition for future generations, of course, but also how they wanted people to be able to actually see the art in the flesh, as it were, not just in digitised form, even if it was light-sensitive, perhaps, or even damaged. Basically, the approach we've taken is get them all out. So <laughs> there's 140 artworks on display, which is more than we've ever had in a single gallery before. So there's a lot of what we call grand salon hangs, and that basically means um, we've grouped artworks together, um, and every artwork has been researched and a story has been written about it. So um, hopefully when you come into the gallery, you will... You'll, you might learn a little something about the artist or you might learn a little bit something about the person in the painting or the scene or you might just learn a story that we've uncovered that we think is interesting. So we've, we've tried to make the interpretation um, engaging as well. And if you just like to look at beautiful things and you don't want to read anything, then we've, you know, this gallery looks quite beautiful. We've been very bold. We've um, painted the, the, we've refreshed the gallery walls themselves in this very vibrant green um, to try and get some of our historic collections to pop a little bit more. Um, and we've also got a section dedicated to contemporary art, which we've never done before. So many people probably don't know, but um, from the 1950s until the 1980s, the Isle of Man was home to a man called Alan Milner. Now, he was one of the leading 20th century British artists of his day. Um, he basically trailblazed abstract art in Britain, so he's fantastically famous. And we have a good number of his artworks in the collection. So when he moved to the Isle of Man, he fully embraced all things Isle of Man. He was a member of the Man in Art Society and he tried to encourage his contemporaries to have a go at this sort of new abstract modern art that wasn't just about painting what you see but moving beyond that. Um, and he would exhibit alongside John Hobson Nicholson and William Hoggart and they were great friends. And I found a, a very sweet article in the, in the Ramsey Courier um, 
that said, no matter, no matter your views on Alan Milner's work, there's no doubting that he tried his best. So, yeah, the works are quite Damning challenging. with fine prose. Yeah, but they're so vibrant, and we're very proud here to have such a substantial collection of his yeah. artwork. He's, he's highly sought of. And um, we've got a section dedicated to the work of Brian Neal as well to show the depth and breadth of his work. I mean, he's, he's still one of the leading British artists of, of the 21st century. Um, so we've got a section dedicated to him, and we've got lots of sculpture out as well. Um, and we are also really celebrating one of my favourite Manx artists, uh, John Miller Nicholson. So um, we do have nearly a thousand pieces by him in the collection, um, basically because when the museum was established in the 1920s, um, he, he died in 1919 and his entire studio collection was donated to the museum at that time. So it includes very beautiful and impressive oil paintings that are in fantastic condition because he never sold or exhibited his work. So um, they, they don't have the problems of other paintings that have got, you know, smoke on them and tar and stuff like that. So they're in great condition. Um, but we've also got his sketchbooks and his, he was, he was, you know, fanatical about sketching what he was, he was going to paint. So we've got a mass of work by him. So we do, I do spotlight him quite a lot in the, in the exhibition because he, he, um, it was really important as well because he set up the Douglas School of Art. And from that, everyone I've mentioned has come out of that, um, amazing school. Um, but I wanted to show you the damaged art section as well. Can I take you around? You can, yeah. I'll try not to damage it. Right. <laughs> okay, so we'll over the barrier and we'll paddle over here. So we do have a painting out that um, everyone's very excited about. It's called The Goose Fair by an artist called Franz Hopner. And because it's Christmas time, it looks like a scene out of Dickensian sort of um, London, but it's in fact Old St Matthew's Church in Douglas with the oh, sort of yeah. geese and geese being sold for Christmas and, and all of that. So people are very excited to be seeing that at the moment. But let me bring you around here. Just around the side here. So lots of work on progress <laughs> here. And we'll just go into a little gallery in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So I was telling you that a lot of our artwork is, is, is damaged. And I can tell you that, but there's probably... Um, there's no better way to demonstrate that than by hanging it. So we have, in fact, got a little section here called Care of Collections, and we have got a set of seven artworks that are damaged in different ways and um, have been damaged in different ways. I should stress, none of this damage has been caused by us. These have been collected in this condition. Um, these days, we would not collect art in this condition because we know how expensive it is mm -hmm. to get that in display condition. Um, however, that wasn't the case in the past. So it is a historic collection and we have historic issues with the collection. So our conservators have written labels to explain what what's caused the damage that you're looking at and what can be done to remedy it because you'd be amazed what can be done to remedy it so um there you go so we've got this fantastic painting of a, a of a brig a, a ship a sailing vessel called the cronk bane it's a really interesting picture it's very old um, and it looks absolutely horrendous condition but most of that is a staining of the varnish so that could be the varnish could be taken off and it could be brought back to Really quite Definitely. good condition, yeah. Um, we've got an example of the problems of no framing. So this is um, a portrait of Captain Karen of the Karen fleet. Beautifully piercing eyes in this portrait. It has amazing eyes, um, But it hasn't got a frame. And to have a frame that would suit this painting is something that 
is quite difficult to source on island um, and it's got this crackle appearing as well probably because it's been stored for a very long time without any protection before it came to us it's got this crackling and then this is um well, we've been debating about this being in too good condition, actually, for this zone. It looks almost new, this one. <laughs> but the problem here is a water oh, watermark. staining. So it's got water stain yeah. right down the middle, which has caused like a mould and a foxing here. So Emma, our um, paper conservator, has exp is explaining in her label um, what can be done to remove the staining. And this is a, this is a watercolour piece, so it's... Um, you would imagine that getting water on the watercolour would be quite a disaster. But um, she's talking about how this, uh, this piece of equipment that we don't have, but we could maybe, you know, have one day, would be able to fix this problem. So, um, yeah, and then back to the problem of framing, we've got a little John Miller Nicholson here. Um, and we wanted to demonstrate how, yes, we could exhibit a painting in a damaged frame, but I don't know about you, but when you look at this painting, your eye is drawn to that damage. It is not drawn to the painting. Yeah, a piece of the frame actually missing there. And yeah. yeah, so art is aesthetic, and you cannot show art that is... Um, you can't expect someone to appreciate the painting if you are only looking at the damage. So we have to be mindful of that. Um, and whilst we're here, this is our dark zone. So come in here. Oh gosh, it is dark zone. <laughs> so um, yeah. the light will come wow. on. We haven't quite fixed it yet. So basically, we also have artwork in our collection that is so sensitive to light that it can no longer be seen in the light. Um, so we have some options. We never show it again in a gallery like this, or we create a dark room, and that's what we've done here. So we've got three extremely sensitive artworks uh, created on newspaper um, by an artist called Hugo Darshinger, who was interned on the Isle of Man. They've never been seen before in public. They're very vulnerable because they've been done on using children's palette paints with no, um, there's no pigment integrity mm -hmm. on that, so they'll fade very quickly. And the newspaper naturally is, is aging and browning itself. So we've had them framed for the first time. And as you come into this room, a light will come on um, for about a minute, a very low light, and then it will go off again. And that will enable us to show these pieces for longer. Um, next to them, Amazing. we've got two very rare paintings from the First World War internment camp, actually, by an artist called George Kenner. And they are watercolour. But again, you have to question the, um, the pigment strength of the watercolours that they were using in these camps, the material they were using. It's one of a handful of um, graphic represent representations we have on the Kalo. So we can't just be whacking those out in a gallery in full light. Um, we can't do that. So, um, so they're in here as well. And this will enable us to rotate this art as well. So some very damaged watercolours we've got will now be able to be displayed in, because we've got this technology to, to do this now. And the other thing we've done to help people access our art collection is a vast, the vast majority of our art collection has been digitised. So it's on our collection site, imuseum.im. So you can delve through our art collection now. Um, I think it's something like 70% of the collection is available there, which is a huge number. Um, so we've tried really hard to make sure that people can access the art that we look after for them. And again, in this dark section, it's well, it's that whole question, isn't it? You, it begs the question of: Is the point of having art if you can't actually uh -huh. display it to see it? So exactly. it's uh, yeah, exactly. just wouldn't see it out. Yeah, and that and that's what that's what we really want to get to the bottom of. Like we have a duty of care for these for the art to look after it forever. We do, 
um, but it also needs to be seen. So we need to strike this balance. And with new technology like um, like this, and trying new things and being brave, um, that's what we do at Mike Social Heritage. We like to try and push ourselves to 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 not just be same old, same old, but you know, push ourselves. And if you haven't got down to have a look at the new gallery hangings, do yourself a favour. Check it out when you can. Well worth the visit. Museum is open seven days a week, 9.30 to 4.30. Do be aware it is closed around this time of the year on Christmas Day, Boxing Day and New Year's Day. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it whilst out, trying not to panic that you're running out of time to get those various Christmas preparations done. See you next week. Until then, look after yourselves and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.